This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. Welcome to Modern Geek Podcast number 83, recorded July 5th, 2013. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. And this is Modern Geek, I think. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Man, the scheduling hell for the last uh, month or so is, yeah. Well, we've all been enjoying after many, many years and even a solid year of just cranking out everything. We've been enjoying a little time off. So it's mm. a good thing. Quick update for anybody out there. We uh, Things are still looking great for being uh, back on track at the end of the summer. Uh, we're doing some nice, working on some nice big site redesign to handle some new content systems. And bottom line is, should be really cool. I'm looking forward to it. I always think it's like, didn't we just update the code to that? It's like, yeah, that was a couple of years ago now. I know, oh. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, right? It's like, yeah, you're, you keep thinking that. Here's a fun one. So I was like, yeah, you know, I think I, we had all these gear failures. I should, I should really, I should really replace the interface, you know? I'm like, why? I mean, it's not that, oh, wait, it's well over a decade old. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Yeah, so so lots of stuff that's just been when that weekly, you know, mini podcasts a week cranking out. There's uh there's really not a whole lot you can do without shutting down for a bit. Anyway, bottom line, just want to let everybody know that uh things are going well. We've been getting some of the gear fixed too, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, whole lot. Actually, it's completely unrelated to the rig, but uh I liked your gear fix for the uh, music server we were talking about. Oh yeah, probably last episode. Yeah, um, the if one recalls back to the you know long ago to episode eighty two, I think it was where <laughs> we were <coughs> talking about the uh, music server running on the Raspberry Pi and just ha- uh, controlling it over the Wi Fi. Um, you had a bit of a problem because of where that Wi Fi was and just a kind of a dead spot of oh, the house. Oh yeah, totally, absolutely. And the solution was an Ethernet over power line option. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, we the, it's very tempting with the Pi to use, you know, the little nubbin uh, Wi-Fi interface because it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that corner of the house is about as far from anywhere you're going to have that I would care to put the, the you know, the main Internet. Incoming. Not to mention it's also the signal would be traveling through about eight walls and a chimney. And books. And books. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's bad. So it's bad. many books. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good thing. So it, it's just a really bad place, and I don't want to move it because it's enough. But the truth is there's a plug right down there, and so Juan and I are looking at it one day and we're like, you know, why, why don't we just use Powerline? That stuff's cheap now, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, the Best Buy had a sale for the two units for 50 bucks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. It was great, too. We didn't even buy the most expensive one. It was a relatively cheap one, and I don't remember the specific model. If you care, oh, yeah, ask so us. Do you want the slower one or the fastest one? It's like you're controlling a music server. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't care, but it turned out to be relatively fast. 
Uh, but but surprisingly, it it works really really well. I mean, we just dropped a, a a plug somewhere nearby where we had an internet connection and a plug down there, and it took it a couple of seconds to lock up, and bam, we're done. And now nowhere near the hassle. In fact, the only time generally we run into a problem with it is when the phone that you're using to remote control it has a bad connection and can't get the you know remote right, right. Yeah. and that's just i really need to get off my ass and install a couple of wi-fi junctions around the house and figure it out so that it's well covered you know right i'm and just the, dumb i i was surprised with how easy it was to set them up too i mean the the only thing that if you think about it it's kind of obvious was to not plug the uh not plug the endpoint into a power bar yeah yeah because the power bar makes some square waves and completely cancels out all the frequencies that womp, womp. go figure it's reconditioning the power effectively <laughs> and, uh, you're gonna lose the, the channel but once you plug it straight into the wall it's just like yeah ethernet yeah it's not a problem and i can clean up the installation down there i haven't bothered yet and it's simple enough too. just you know 100 megabit off the raspberry pi is the fastest it can do anyway and yeah that e- that Ethernet port actually is technically on the USB bus on the Raspberry Pi too, so yeah, you're not on. really losing anything. <laughs> no, no, and we did run into a problem where we got some clicking, not during play like before, but it just randomly sits there and clicks, which is which yeah, is yeah, that happened to mine too. Yeah, do you you ever figure it out? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> We did too. That's what we did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we suck. (laughs) No, I I was I was sitting there. I was I had a morning where I was sleeping in. I kept hearing like, like what is going? What the hell? I was like, I thought it was like maybe something was hitting the the window. Like I'm not, I'm still not used to my place. Right, (laughs) right, right. Like okay, maybe there's like a a rope or something or a tree or something. You know, hitting one of my windows. I go out and it's the speakers. Damn it. Um. I'm not sure what that is, but one thing that fixed it was uh, recycling the uh, the audio drivers. Uh, I yeah. think it's because I I fixed the clicking. We had a problem with the clicking where you would get where every time the uh, the sound server would disconnect from the sound card, it would put it in sleep mode. Oh, okay. And I put in a I I disabled the sleep mode driver. So that way it just keeps connected to the sound card. So what I think is happening is that it's just having buffer. Oh, after it sits for a couple weeks. disconnecting and reconnecting. Yeah. And then when you flush the program and reinitialize it, then it's reset to zero. So what I should do is figure out when, you know, like say a 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. or something like that. Have it restart. Every day, have it restart. Yeah. Then again, it's going to click at that time. Who cares? Theoretically, if you're asleep, you're not going to hear one click. It's yeah. not loud. I mean, it's it's barely noticeable, you know? It's just yeah, after about 10 times, you go, yeah. wait what a minute, what is that? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. But still, great solution. I'm still really happy with it. It still works better than anything else we've we've dealt with. It has way more options, and I still highly recommend this setup. And uh, with this, you're still you're still looking at like a, 150 bucks or something with all the gear. And quite honestly, and that's including a... Uh, a lot of gear that you don't necessarily have to have for it. So I don't know. Pretty cool. As far as I'm concerned, actually one, one side effect of us talking about this was, um, I had somebody say, you know, I had not realized that, that it wasn't just my hardware with the Apple airport express. I thought <laughs> that just I was doing something wrong and that when it would drop out, you know, back and forth over and over again, like, Nope, that's just how it works. That's, that's a feature. 
It's a, it's a feature. Yes, it's an <laughs> Apple product, so it's not a problem. It's a feature. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the, the, I saw another interesting project, you know, while we're on Raspberry Pi here. Yeah, we're not on the Raspberry yeah. Pi podcast, but... Uh, well, it's uh, cool. Open, you heard of that open sprinkler project? I have not, but uh, I, I have now, and I want one. <laughs> well, yeah, basically, this guy designed a control interface for the... Uh, for the low voltage uh, control surfaces for uh, sprinkler systems, and what? And one day he was sitting there. You know, he had it plugged in. You know, via USB or whatever into a computer that he was. You know, developing the software on. And one of the days he realizes, you know, this box I've developed for the open sprinkler, it'll fit a Raspberry Pi inside of it. <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll just create a board with interfaces with the open sprinkler system and all the cables for it. So you have a self-sustained case that has a Raspberry Pi in it, a Wi-Fi connector, uh, and all of the, uh, um, the low-voltage terminals on the outside. Yeah. Or connecting to a sprinkler setup. I thought this is the this is this a is bomb. a really cool idea because what is one of the dumb computers that's just in everyone's house and nobody ever yeah. thinks could be useful ever? The sprinkler system. What you do, you program all the zones for on whatever, and then you eventually just put it to manual mode because you can't be bothered to figure it out, right? Well, I figured it out, but the problem I ran into over and over and over again is that, you know, lawn people, because we have a, a cheap-ass lawn service, because I'm a cheap-ass, but yeah, but it's actually cheaper than owning a lawnmower, you know? Right. I mean, they charge next to, we don't have much lawn for people who've never seen it, you know, it's, so it's, it's cool. It's cheap. I mean, to own a lawnmower would cost more than to pay them to come mow it every couple, every week and a half or something. But the trick is, uh, they're, they're lazy and, and not very careful and they, they bust sprinkler heads every so often. Mm. Now, once one of those sprinkler heads busts, what happens is you're watering usually in the middle of the night, right? So it's, it's putting instead of what it thinks is, you know, 50 gallons of water out it's putting 500 gallons of water out you know <laughs> which you're paying for yeah. which is bad i mean in fact um yeah well let me just say that that happened we didn't notice right away and paid a significant amount of money a couple of years ago so the trick is is every so often you need to go around and check them now yeah. the way you do that is you have somebody go stand at the stupid thing right and then you get I've on your phone you <laughs> exactly and you say okay turn it on and they turn on a zone on run immediately and you watch it and and you go around and do all that now if you look at the the little he has a whole mobile web app set up for this mm-hmm. you can go in with your phone and turn them on and off yourself you know what's even cooler than that beyond diagnostic, which is that is cool. That means that one person can do a diagnostic on their uh, on their uh, on their lines. What's even cooler is that because you've got, say, the power of a computer and the Internet. Yeah, you can tie in a weather script and not turn on your sprinklers when it's pouring with rain. Oh, no, this. Well, and technically there's a, a system that's supposed to do that with this one. But the sensors, they, they the sensors break about every the sensors month. break. Yeah, the yeah. sensors suck. Yeah. This reads you know it is currently <laughs> you know in frisco it is currently thunderstorming with rain yeah so, so don't let's run not it. turn on the yeah funny no that. no <clears throat> no i i think that one of these is in my future in fact i may order the pie crap and have it here when you're down here in october <laughs> <laughs> nice so we can that would be a fun around. project to do actually it because would, i don't it? have a sprinkler set up but i spent like an hour <laughs> just, <laughs> just sticking around cool. the site going this is this cool. Looks really cool. If I ever owned a house, I would do this. This looks really cool. I want to do this. No, I'm absolutely with you. This is this is a great, 
great idea. Yeah, for the for the main software, it's opensprinkler.com. Yeah, the, he has a whole raisehobby.net has a whole article on like the uh sprinkler pie setup he's got going. Oh yeah, this is this is pretty sweet. So, uh you know, let me just throw in here real quick while we're cuz we were talking about uh new gear a little bit. All right. Um you know, I I I I've been I've been riding a lot and, and running a lot, and I wanted to take some pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, wh- what ha- where this came from is that uh, I did a ride a while back, and uh, it was kind of a, a it was a little bike rally, and I knew the weather was going to be nice, so I actually threw my S ninety five in my in in you know in the one of the back pockets on my uh, on my jersey, right? And uh, at the stops, I took some pictures of, of friends and stuff. And when I got back, I posted on Facebook. And it, it made people really happy because, let's face it, you love seeing pictures of yourself on Facebook when you do an event like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you not not necessarily that they're on Facebook, but that you don't usually get to see pictures of yourself without paying 50 bucks a pop from them from some <laughs> company, right? Yeah. So it's nice to see a picture or two. And, and uh, some of the volunteers at the event I knew and stuff. So I did. And it was a lot of fun. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I'd like to do that more often. You know, most people don't bother to carry a camera. So it would be cool. And uh, then I got to think about I'm not carrying my S95 because I really like my S95. And, and you don't want to sweat through it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the trick is that it's just so dangerous carrying gear. Like I generally, I mean, anybody who does this often knows about these tricks. Like like your your cell phone is in a Ziploc baggie, you know, yeah. because that way if it rains on you, who cares? If, if you sweat through it, which you do, who cares, you know? Uh, and you could do that with a camera, but the problem is you can't really take a camera out and open a Ziploc bag, and this is one of the <laughs> things, and get it out and do anything with it, right? You're not going to get your candid shots by no, uh, doing no, that, right? Uh, no. Hold on. I got to open the safety zipper on the Ziploc bag. And- yeah. And that was that was one of the problems that one of my like one of my friends, when I was telling him about this camera, I was like, well, why don't you just, what does that do that your iPhone doesn't do? You know? And I'm like, well, number one, my iPhone is in a Ziploc bag. So I've got to get it out, fumble it out of the Ziploc bag, swipe it to open, hopefully swipe it to open. Remember, my fingers and hands are wet, right? Yeah, so and, and then, attempt to swipe it to open 5 million Yeah, times. and then get it to open, and then select an app, wait for the camera to open, you know, aim it, hit the screen to take a picture, you know, I mean, it's just, it's not practical. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're a person that doesn't do this very often and you just want to stop and get it all out and take one or two pictures, there's no reason to own something like what I bought. Okay. But if you really wanted to take pictures, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan. And I, so I started thinking, well, how could I do that? Cause the problem of course is the Ziploc bag. So I looked around and sure enough, they make cameras that are hardened for, uh, you know, for weather to some extent. Right. Now the bad news is, is that it does limit the functionality of the camera pretty dramatically. And I am totally spoiled. I started with my, my T2i, which is awesome. And then I bought the S95 because it's about as close as you get, except it goes in your pocket, right? Right. It has a big sensor. It has a big old high-quality F2 lens. It, uh, it can take pictures in the dark. It has full manual control. It has real aperture control. I mean, it has uh, aperture priority and, and, and uh, uh, shutter priority and modes, just like a, an SLR. Bottom line is you can take great pictures with it. I mean, like I stopped carrying the SLR in trips. It's stupid. 
You know, everybody, uh, everybody lugs those things around, and I have my little S95 in my pocket. Can their camera hypothetically take better uh, shots of mine? Sometimes. Depends on what lens is bolted to the front of it, right? Well, yeah. But uh, most of the time, no, because they made a bad selection of the lenses bolted to it. But honestly, a lot of times I get better pictures just because I have mine and I really know how to, uh, you know, I'm very comfortable with it, right? But... Uh, I poked around, and uh, sure enough, there are two that kind of it. I narrowed it down to uh, Lumix. Panasonic makes a, a, a Lumix that's hardened. The TS5, the TS4 was very popular, and then the uh, Olympus TG2. Uh, I ended up with the Olympus TG2. Sadly, these things are not common enough that you can't go down to Best Buy and showroom one. You know, they're just no oh, right. nobody really stocks them, so you have to take a guess. And I, so I looked at some review sites that seemed to care about the things I cared about, and I ended up with the Olympus. I'm not entirely pleased with it. Uh, at first, I thought it was just the fact that I was spoiled, it's spoiled rotten on the yeah. And I'm not, like, yeah. I'm like, so what do you mean? What do you mean I can't take raw? Are you kidding me? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but the the funny thing is, um, I, there are a couple of things that are great about it, and a couple of things that are not so great. First of all, the basic information: the the TG two uh, is a uh, it's a fairly nice little pocket camera. It's a little bigger than the S ninety five, obviously, because it it has to be. Well, you, you'll see why in a second. Hardened, yeah. Yeah, it is hardened. It has a uh, uh, it, all of the doors on it seal. Uh, it, it can be submerged hypothetically to 40 something feet. I think it is. Mm -hmm. So you could, you could hypothetically dive with it. I'm not sure I would, but you could, uh, certainly it can get rained on. <laughs> uh, I think if you, most of the bitching that I saw, I had to do, I think with just poor seal maintenance. Like if you, if you check the seal clearly before you submerged it every time and made sure they were all locked and there was no dirt or hair in them or crap, I, I think you'd be okay. Yeah. Um, it's crush resistant to 200 and something pounds, you know? So again, you know, you could stick it, you could stick it in your back pocket or you could lean against a wall with it or something. Theoretically, you can drop it from seven feet. Theoretically. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, again, I'm not going to go try it, but on the other hand, if it does fall off, well, it's got a better chance than one that's not rated to that, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's my thought. And, uh, anyway, bottom line is it's, it's a, it's a pretty damn durable camera. Uh, the advantages of it, from what I read, were that it does power up and autofocus very fast, and they are not lying. Well, and that's kind of a priority for the type of picture that you're wanting to take. Yes, if you hit the power button and hit the and and hit the shutter button, it will take a picture within less than a second. That is that's slick. Yeah, I mean it's it is, and uh, the autofocus is like damn near instantaneous. I mean, like you push the button, it's focused, which is awesome. Uh, the things that they did not, the the thing that apparently other reviewers didn't seem to know or care about uh, bother me a little bit for what I'm doing with it. One is that there is no shutter priority mode, which wouldn't seem bad because normally you can just cheat by putting it in an aperture priority mode and smacking it open, right? It's going to have to use a fast shutter speed, so you're good, right? Uh, not so much. Now, I, I've been reading, and, and I really don't know enough to know for sure because nobody really talks about it. But it doesn't act right when you put it in aperture priority mode and you, you change apertures. Depth of field doesn't change like it should. Mm. And and I'm, I think, I suspect that it may not actually be changing the aperture 
or like it might just be using a filter or doing something else. I'm not quite sure what, but oh, it, like post processing or something? No, like like uh, I, I'm not entirely sure. I'm hmm. just not sure. It doesn't act quite right. Uh, the mode is somewhat useful, but not entirely. Uh, on program mode, there is no real program mode for it. That's frustrating as well. It has a program mode, That's an indicator, yeah. <laughs> but but program mode doesn't do anything that all. It gives you a few more options than auto mode, but it doesn't let you, for example, lock in and then shift the you know shift the the program up or down yourself, which is what I use program mode for. So it's pretty useless. Um, so that said, uh, again. If you want to shoot a bunch of pictures quickly, it does that. It writes quickly. If you want to be able to take pictures fast, I think if you were going to the beach and you were just a normal person going to take pictures like you do normally with your camera at the beach, with your phone at the beach or something, but don't want to take your phone with you, this would be a great camera. And that's probably why they recommended it. For me, I'm like, can I get above 500 so that I I can freeze things because I'm on the bike trying to take pictures of moving things, you know? Yeah. And and it's like it's like a constant war with it trying to like fight it into <laughs> doing it. Like put it in aperture mode, smack it open as far as it'll go, and then half the time, you know, it's not uh it's not doing what you want or it's it's a bit frustrating. So I'm not sure yet. And the sad thing is I can't really try the other one out cuz I don't have another 300 bucks, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh so I don't know if it breaks, I know I'm going to try the other one, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh I, that aside, I do want to say, I think it's a great idea and I stand by my idea and I've taken some pretty damn decent pictures with it too. Pictures. Yeah, of I've, the, I've seen a couple of them. They, they turn out pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the answer of course is take a lot, you know, like generally yeah. I have it set to just keep firing as long as I'm holding the button down and I'll shoot 30 or 40 pictures of any given shot that I think I might want. So then you pour through them and hopefully you get one that works out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, I guess where I wanted to go with this is I, I stand by the idea. I think, you know, yes, yes, yes. I mean, you do need a phone. Uh, so you're going to have your phone with you in most cases, and the phone's a good camera. And I totally stand by the idea that in most cases, people don't need a point-and-shoot camera because your phone will just do enough of that anyway, right? Right. The S95 is a great exception to that. The S95 is still in that role of it'll do a crap ton more than your iPhone will by a long shot, especially if you take a little time to learn it just a tiny bit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's small enough to go in a pocket. So as far as I'm concerned, it's the travel camera of all time, right? For me, I mean, you can just it, you can take it anywhere. You put a 32 gig uh, card in it. You know, you can take pictures all day with it. Stick another tiny little battery in in your other jeans pocket. Yeah, and uh, man, you're good to go. You can shoot all day and have fun, and it's unobtrusive. But you can take really nice shots with it. Uh, the other kind of fun scenario is is if you want to take pictures running or riding or swimming, incidentally. Uh, if you want to take pictures on trips where you're going to go to the beach or you're, you know, just in other words, well, harsh and, environments. Well, and yeah, and that is a specific use case separate from the convenience of a camera phone. It's right. actually a specific activity. And, you know, like if you were going, I don't know, somewhere where you would need the large camera, this is a specific thing where it would make sense to have a specific camera if you're doing a lot of it. And go figure, you, you're out riding and running and doing a bunch of stuff a lot right so yeah it makes sense to have a camera that is designed for that environment the other option of course is they make full waterproof cases for the s95 and for you know mm-hmm. slrs but of those course that's pretty bulky though, exactly right? it's certainly not going to go in a jersey pocket 
<laughs> and uh, and that's the thing with this. I can literally stick this camera in one of the outside jersey pockets riding. Yeah, versus I, attaching a trailer to your bike. <laughs> yeah, and I can reach back and stick my hand through the, the fairly large lanyard that comes with it. Yeah. And uh, drag it out by that, hang it there if I need to, if I, you know, and, and kind of fly it up into my hand. I can turn it yeah. on with one finger and take some pictures with another and That's put it cool. back in. And as you saw, there was one that I, I sent you today that was taken going about, you know, 15 miles an hour on a little trail in the woods, you know, and, and you can literally, because of this nice lanyard, just let go of it if you have a problem. <laughs> well, yeah, and the iPhone wouldn't have captured that. Right. It, no. You would have gotten a big mess of blur. Yeah. You know? And besides that, another final thing uh, before I move off of this and don't just spend our whole time on it. Uh, one other thing to consider. Yes, it's a $300 camera or thereabouts. But think about this. If you break it, it's a $300 camera. That's if you true. break your iPhone and you are not up for contract. Yeah, it's a it $700 is, item. Yes. And that's it. A lot of people forget about it. They say, no, no, it's a $200. No, it's not. No, you know, no, it, really it, isn't. it damn sure is not. And and maybe you'll get away with it once or twice, or maybe you can go in and whine enough and get them to give you a refurb piece of crap that'll break in a couple of weeks. I've seen friends do all of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying it's a lot more pricey item and it's a lot more necessary to your survival. Uh, if you break your phone, you replace it the same day. If you break this, you can go, oops, and wait a while. So. Yeah. I I think it's a, another use case that I never considered, and I've had a lot of fun, incidentally, posting, taking pictures places I never would, and posting them, and and uh, uh, it's fun. You make a lot of people happy, including yourself. So, oh yeah, you got a lot of stuff on Facebook. That's pretty cool. Neat thing. I got I got one for you. That's um, kind of it's in the it's in a modern geek vein, although not quite anything we've talked about before. Oh yeah. So I started growing a beard. Uh huh. Of course. Yes. Right. You know, summer gets hot. So grow a beard. That sounds logical, right? <laughs> yeah, but hot yeah, up there, man. That's that's not really hot. Hey, it got it probably got up to about 80 the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it was I'm an, translating for you. It was like 94. I know that was awesome. It was like 90, 93 today or something. And it's like, we're like, this is awesome. This isn't bad at all. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, wow, it's a pretty warm day. And it's 57 right now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it. Anyway, yeah, I'm with you. Growing a beard, right? It's fun sometimes, so, sure. I've, and I've not really put that much effort into growing a beard before, so I had to wait, figure wait. out. This a, is you growing a beard? It's like eh, I'm trying yeah, to. I'm putting no, effort I, into it. <laughs> I mean, into maintaining a beard. I'm with you. I know. I'm just kidding. You. So I'm I'm looking for a trimmer, right? So I, I I'm not really to spend that much on it, and I was looking for something that was middle of the road and well um well reviewed and with some decent features. And I came across the Philips QT4050 slash 32. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is about 45 bucks on Amazon. Um, I got it locally for, I think, 49 uh, at the Future Shop. Nice. Um, it is kind of a multi one where it's got a like, uh, uh, guard over, over top of the, uh, over the trimmer. Right. That is adjustable from one millimeter to 18 millimeters. So, um, it works really well. Very easy to do. It's a really solid build, and I've charged it once, and over the last few weeks, I haven't needed to charge it again. And the entire the entire um, guard on the top comes off, so then you can do um, edge trimming and stuff. Right. 
and it's got this little vacuum built into it so that it catches almost all of the part, you know, the little bits of hair so that you're not spreading it all over your countertop in the bathroom. Right. And I just wanted to bring people's attention to it. If, if some people were looking for something, this, this works well and is relatively cheap at 45 bucks. So, so yeah, uh, two to throw in around that because I have mm-hmm. it at different times. Uh, I have at different times grown facial hair. Yep. And uh, number one is that there is a $19 cheapie, and I can't remember what it is, maybe even $14. I got it at Walmart. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll find it and send send you the link or whatever. And uh, But I bought that first, and it actually is fine. I mean, it's not fancy at all. It's a piece of crap, but it it, it does exactly what you want it to do, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's also fairly narrow, which is kind of cool, like, you know, if you ever want to do the Tony Stark thing or you want to you wanna oh, do yeah. weird stuff or play around and have fun with it, uh, it's it's narrower, so so you can kind of play with that. Uh, but but the bottom line is I bought one, and I, I burned one up in a year. Okay, a year. It was $14. And uh, I bought another one, and here's the funny thing. So I, I unplugged it because it's a, like a recharge, and it's really cheesy. It's funny. The case... The, the little stand for it is like this molded, blow-molded plastic piece of crap, right? And yeah. and essentially, it has a normal, like, jack, you know, like, uh, power jack that you'd expect for, like, a 9-volt power supply, right? Right. Except it has this cheesy little kind of, if you cram it up in the bottom of the little blow-molded thing, it now becomes a docking station. <laughs> 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 so it had been charging on that, again, 14 bucks, right? So they've yeah. been charging on that on and off for a while. And I, I, I took it on a couple of trips. This was the nice thing, too, is you just take it off and throw it in your bag, and it, uh, it'll, it, it would last a few days at least, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than a few days. So I, I've never actually plugged it back in. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's been, I don't know. Now, admittedly, I have a nicer one now that I got for Christmas one year. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I would say that it still has a charge in it, and it's been at least a year. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, if you're interested, the one that I have now actually is this one. And it doesn't look like it's as expensive as I thought it was. I could swear it was more expensive before. Let me link it in the document here for you there. And uh, this one is... Philips TT204032. Yeah, I think that's that's what it's called. It's, the picture is exactly what I have. And if okay, you, yeah. If yeah. you scroll... Yeah, this is it. And if you scroll down a bit, this thing is badass. Um, I, I am absolutely shocked at, at how, at how well this works. One end of it is a trimmer and the other end is almost like a a shaver. Oh, that's cool. So you can use it for damn near anything. And, uh, you know, let's just put it this way. Any way that you have hair on you that you don't want hair on you, (laughs) this will do it. I don't care where it is or what it is. Um, so, uh, it's cool. I'm a fan. That's pretty slick. And actually, yeah, it looks like it's only like seventy bucks. So seventy bucks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. After I like bitched at my cheap ass one for a while, I brought me a really <laughs> cool one, and it's all nice and stuff. I think that qualifies as modern geek. It's it's I it's gear. So, yeah. It's gear. It's gear. We can yeah. talk about a camera. We can damn sure talk about like a, oh, a yeah. trimmer. Well, I it, I mean, like like the other thing, I was I was thinking the other day that. Um, some other technology other than computer stuff. Like I, I recently replaced my microwave, which I had inherited from my mom. Oh yeah. And you know, it just went and got effectively the equivalent of what I had before. And then I, 
I asked, and there's not much difference. You know, there's a knob instead of buttons for choosing what time. And there was basically no difference, right? Right. So I asked my mom, how old was that microwave that you gave me? Because I've been using it for years and it's never been a problem. It worked great. And, you know, it just recently died. And she's like, well, it was before your sister was born that we bought it. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like this, this microwave was like 25 years old. And there's literally no technology change from a, a 25-year-old to uh, one that's built this year. So, you know, as long as you don't want to have children or anything, you're fine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a Google search, and it looks like the first safety standards came out in 1966. So there you go. Yeah, so even now, it's like it, it – I don't know. I don't, I, Fun trick. I learned this uh, – speaking on the subject of microwaves, and we didn't actually have this plan, believe it or not. Uh, mm. This is a natural transition. <laughs> no, I, especially when you point it out. Yeah. Tell us more, Chuck. <laughs> no, but so you know how you you make certain things at home in, in your microwave, and you have the times perfectly figured out. Like you want to make oatmeal, you got to figure it out where it does not explode in the microwave. You know. <laughs> Well, normally you would like just work the times up and guess until you figure it out for the new microwave. Fun trick, they're required by law to put a sticker on the inside of it that tells its output power. Right, yeah. So if you get used to knowing what yours is and when you're going to use one in a hotel or something, is just kind of stick your head in there and look, and you can make a fair guess as to how, like if yours, mine's 1750 or whatever and it's 1200, well, guess what? You're probably going to need more time. Right. You know, you probably don't have to worry about shortening it or say your one at home is not very powerful and you go over to your friend's place and it's 500 watts more or whatever it is, you know, milliwatts, whatever the hell it is. You uh, it's a much larger number. You're like, you may have to, you know, you want to may want to be careful. Anyway, you get the idea. It's it's something that I never thought of, but it's actually it saves you a hell of a lot of time. Using that math again. Yeah. Subtraction. It's it it works. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's very complex. Yeah. This Ooh. is a this is a bad segue. Oh yeah. Did you hear that the SCO versus IPM case got reopened? Oh, really? It was some technicality that like there was something like the case was wrongly denied. So even though it's no longer relevant, they they have to reopen the damn case again. Wow. It's like, I just thought that was kind of funny cuz it's like remember when SCO was a thing? Yeah, really. Remember that? Remember when that was a problem? Yeah. Remember when IBM was a thing besides the the you know software consulting world? Well, yeah. When when IBM had a presence in the uh, yeah in the, in the product in the, world, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they, yeah. IBM is a huge thing. It's just that, and and admittedly, that was probably one of the smartest damn business moves of all time. You know, yeah. because they would have died. Get, get away dead. out of all of the consumer stuff and just go big iron. Yeah. And well, and yeah, and and consultancy even more than that. You know, they go together. You know, it's like, right? I mean, software that requires consultants to install and or hardware that also is the same way. I mean, you buy yeah. one of that gear, you don't buy it for the hell of it. You buy it with the service. It, you know? It's hardware as a service. Exactly. Right? exactly. What it is. Exactly. I'm, I'm not even kidding. No, That's no, how all that a, stuff. It's like these are our machines. You can use them for this much a month. <laughs> I was laughing because it's just it's it was a it was a very awesome description you know yeah. hardware is a service that's oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah no but brilliant brilliant move for them but but yeah i mean back when this suit was relevant i mean they were they were a product kind of company 
Well, it's like IBM at that point was get like getting into Linux, and Sco was trying to kill Linux altogether. And it's like, what was that? Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Remember to do stuff. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Outlook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I use wow. it for work, not for personal. Don't worry. Go away. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, it, it's it was just kind of what I saw the, the when I saw it. I'm like, really. That really is that really that SCO case is being reopened. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I had a funny uh, a funny situation where a friend asked the other day was like, "Hey, I'm buying my first smartphone." I'm like, "Really? <laughs> That's pretty amazing." <laughs> um, uh, what but, what yeah, have you been using? He, no, Did he you? was a notorious cheap ass, and 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 you got to respect this. You know, it wasn't that he wasn't one. He wasn't one of those people that was like, "I don't need one," or "You people are all sinners, going to burn in hell because you look at your phone all the time." He wasn't any of that. He was just a notorious cheap ass, and he's like, "I ain't pay for ah. that," you know. And finally, he's like, "Okay, look, you know, I need some stuff," and and so so you know, having not paid any attention, he hops hops on Facebook or somewhere and says, "Hey, what you know, what should I know?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Wow, you know, what's crazy is is that." I can't say by X or by Y right now. What I said was, and, I, and I'm interested in your response to this. I, I, I suspect it'll be similar. I was like, look, you know, number one, buy good hardware, whatever you buy. Uh, don't cheap out for 50 or 100 bucks difference. You're going to have the phone for at least a year and a half. And knowing you, probably three years. So don't cheap out. You know, uh, obviously, you don't need a $700 phone. But at the same time, you, you don't want the $50 special, you know, unless it's really a special. Uh, buy, buy reasonably current. Other than that, honestly, I'm like, look, go look at the apps. Go see what does what you want and what your what fits your use case. Because, um, well, and, and the other piece, the only other piece that I added was look at your friends as well. You know, if, if the majority of the people that you're going to interact with, be that friends or work, uh, make use of one particular system, then you probably want to be on that system. Right. It's a BlackBerry Messenger type of rule of thumb there. Yeah. And, and in this case, you know, there if if the majority of the people that I talk to all the time were on Android, whatever flavor, and uh, and the apps did what I wanted, that's what I'd buy. If, I, the, if the same thing was with iOS, that's what I'd buy, you know? Well, I'll tell you, I, I got a, uh, through my work, I got an iPhone 5 um, recently to replace my long dying iphone 4 water damaged one and uh the reason i got that over an android one was because you know i use yeah. iMessage and we did the i'll say it, it was iMessage that put me over the top on getting an iphone we did the same kind of uh, thought process with it that we always have and and mm-hmm. cuz you know you did the same thing i do when i'm getting ready to buy gear i was like oh crap hey walk me well, it, it's interesting when you when you look at it from a perspective of having never had a smartphone and it really depends on what kind of exposure the person has had to smartphones. You know, it's like, well, you know, I see that I'm, you know, I just want to start using some of these cool features. It's like, well, what features have you been looking at? It's like, oh, well, you know, the the uh, the S Note and the S Sync stuff. And it's like, okay, well, you're talking about Android features here now, so you may want to look into that stuff. You know, it really depends on what they've what they've been exposed to and what they're really going to use because it's like well one why are you even getting a smartphone it's like if you've had it if you haven't had one for this long what's the reason that's tipping you over the edge and if it's skype you know that's available everywhere if it's iMessage, that's not available everywhere yeah i and and that's it i was thinking what surprised me though was this is the first time and it's been this way for a while but this is the first time somebody asked me and I had the opportunity to answer that way, you know, because, I mean, yeah. I'm, it's not like people ask me all the time. 
Yeah, it's 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 no longer just, you know, well, get iPhone and Android will be there in 18 months. It's, they're there now. Yeah, I I literally found myself saying, well, you know, you you could be happy with good hardware on either side. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a matter of, uh, you know, if if you're if you have a specific app need, you need to make sure that that need is sated. And I did say not just in the existence of the app, but also the functionality of the app. Yeah. Uh, because in a lot of cases, the app is available. However, you know, certain features have not been as developed. And if you rely on those features, you would be boned. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, I just thought that was that was worth mentioning since we've talked about it many times in the past. And well, it's funny how it's changed since we've even since we've started this podcast. But since we've been talking about smartphones, it's, it it really that this this environment keeps changing over and over again and you know windows phone takes a jump and android takes a jump and iphone takes a jump i mean we just saw the apple keynote come along and they're basically redoing the entire interface and uh, really sweet you know, looking by the way <laughs> actually yeah that does look pretty cool um i'm going to be interested to see which parts run on the latest hardware and which ones run on the backdated stuff i think it's the uh the true background multitasking that will only run on the latest iPad and iPhone. And Which then, would totally make sense. Yeah, it would make sense because some of the older phones don't have the horsepower for it. But uh, a yeah. lot of the stuff, you know, like the the ability to adjust the screen brightness just by sliding up from the bottom and, you know, having that control panel, that's a big thing. That's been missing for a very long time. This is pretty much what we've been talking about for a while in concept, which is, hey, let's take all those great ideas from uh, from the Windows phone, i.e. the uh, simple fonts and simple flat layout and everything. Yep. It's really sweet looking, right? Let's take all of the good ideas from Android, like i.e. easy access to settings and ability to customize a couple of things. You know, Let's get rid of the airplane stitching. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, yeah, that's been beat to death. Everybody knows that needs to go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so really cool. You know, I, it's it's it's. I know that that the everybody loves to say, "Oh, it's not revolutionary." I don't understand. It's crap. But you know, I don't want revolutionary right now. Quite honestly, revolutionary every year and a half ends up being crap you don't use because you just don't have time to integrate it into your life you know remember when the big new feature was the compass (laughs) no remember remember all those times you've used the compass i I actually have used the compass (laughs) 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 sorry stop stop treading over my points (laughs) admittedly oh i am not taking away from your point whatsoever uh but yeah i have i have used the compass i'm really direction impaired so like uh People like turn west. I need to know like, where Dude North is right now. Yeah, I'm the only guy that on my Garmin actually has one of the screens has the direction you're traveling in it. Mm, you know, because that's yeah. useful. Okay, <laughs> you know, you winding around in some little trail and you think, oh, this is great, and then you're like, oh crap, which way am I going? Mm. You know, and you can just look down. But, but no, I I I like the idea. I I would be p- completely and utterly pleased with uh, with the new iOS. Assuming that if all it did was clean up the appearance, do a few things under the hood, you know, and and add a couple of little customization features, I would be completely fine with that. The one feature I really want that is still going to not be there, I can guarantee it, is select default browser. Oh, you're not kidding. 
Or select yeah. default map service. Yeah, oh, you're not kidding. Find my friend shows my location as somewhere near V9B0M. You know when that's going to happen? And and that's, uh, if for those who know Canadian postal codes, that's not quite accurate. <laughs> you know you know when that's going to happen? Uh, never. No, I, 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 it will. It will come. You know when it'll come? It'll hmm. come right about the time that every single app in existence has coded around it. <laughs> yeah, the and only, none of them will be compatible with the, uh, yeah. We're the only apps that we'll call Apple Maps are Apple apps. Yeah. You know, well, and did you see that there's, uh, speaking of calling things, that Apple's now going to be calling from Bing search instead of Google? Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, and you know, the funny thing is, is that for the longest time, uh, I have preferred to use Chrome on the phone, but will most mm. of the time use uh, will most of the time use Safari, Safari because it's just there. And it's a I, memorable name, right? I don't require. Yeah, I don't even think about it. Right, the one that comes up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but I just don't need the specific features, so it's there, and I use it, and whatever. Uh, if if that was the case, I I think I'm. I think I'm probably moving to Chrome, you know, and not, that's not like a screw you. I'm taking my ball and go home. You know, it's more like <laughs> I, I could at any time anyway. In fact, I do use Chrome some because it's better at syncing my crap, you know, uh, that's why I wind up using it. I don't get a lot of links in from other apps, so I just wind. I have Chrome on the desktop, so I'll just go to it. And that way I like being on the road and or not on the road, you know, but, you know, being away from my yeah, home yeah, machines. Yeah looking up a website and going, I want to look at that later. So I'll just close the app yeah, yeah, and absolutely. then get home later, go new tab, you know, okay. Uh, other devices. Oh, okay. Here's that website I opened. <laughs> totally. Or bookmark it on, on any device and then be able to find yeah, it on the other one. Synchronize across all the other and ones. And rather, yeah, rather than just sync them all into one big pile, it, it, it you can say, Hey, show me the bookmarks on this device. Hey, I bookmarked mm-hmm. that on my phone. <laughs> what yeah. is it? You know, and that way I don't have to maintain a whole bookmark structure on the phone. I yeah. can just go grab one from home or grab one from. Yeah. So Chrome far and away a better browser. The, 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 uh, multi page management and everything's so much better. Just, just yeah. d- night and day better on the mm-hmm. iPhone. So yeah, in fact, uh, that, that would probably be the case with me. That'll be, uh, the, you know, the coffin nail for, uh, for Safari. I'm surprised more people use all of the features. There were a lot of cool features for Safari that I just kind of thought, well, I'm never going to use that mm. since I never use Safari, which is funny. I mean, uh, normally that's the big thing. You're, Oh, you're on a Mac. You can use Safari. And that's as a developer, you're like, Ooh, you can, you can do the, uh, the browser testing directly with your machine. What a great idea. You know, when I last used Safari, when I wanted to watch the keynote, <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> actually that's not true uh what did i there was something else i i used it for testing in one case and uh, uh, that doesn't count there was something else hey a uh, cool resource that i'll just throw out there real quick if you are a developer or even an amateur developer right and you want to check your site out in multiple uh, browsers without the nightmare of trying to install them and deal with it yep. uh, i've used a site called browser stack com browserstack.com yeah. yeah it's really sweet that thing's cool it is i i have a little bit of i have a little account for it which allows you more testing time you get some free testing time from it by the way if you want to just go check it out uh, but it'll literally let you select the operating system and the uh the the browser and it will fire up a, a clean instance of it for you and connect you to it remote controlled connect you to it and let you play with it so you can very quickly swap your 
site around in a couple of different ones. Cool tool. Very cool. You know, we got to talk about the uh, the X bone, which is what <laughs> I am totally going to call it from here on out. Uh, wow. The, the Xbox One or the I call XB it the Xbox One 180 uh, because of since we've since we had talked about it, they've completely done this 180 on all of their software. And I've actually done a 180 on my opinion of whether I'm going to get one of these or not. Yeah. I, I believe my exact quote was, yeah, I'll probably get both. But I, I was thinking back to this and just kind of a preface to this. I didn't get a 360 until I wound up finding a game that I wanted to play with, with right. other people. And it makes sense that, you know, I wouldn't, I don't think I'm a day one type of person. Cause I mean, I just got my, I just replaced my video card in my computer to get that thing going again. And I'm like, Hey, look, I've got like 40 games on steam. I've never played before that I got during the sales. Yeah. I, I could, you know, spend the next year playing those and still be happy. So, um, so getting into this here, Xbox with their whole, you know, you have to be on once every 24 hours and, uh, it sucks if you're a military person on a submarine, they, yeah, they've completely changed that. And now you'll be able to play games like you do on the 360. You put in the disc, it verifies the disc, you load it onto the hard drive still. So that way you still get the benefit of, of having it right on the drive, but you still have to use the disc for authentication. Uh. You can purchase you can purchase games through the digital store. I believe that's still day one purchases, and you can download them to the store and then use them anywhere your account's logged in. Okay, but if you buy a disc copy, you have to verify through the disc copy because they have to verify you know that you know that you're that the the you're not copying the. You're not loading the disc, unloading it, and putting it into another person's player and loading it. And, <laughs> right, you know. right. So this, you know, will, one, let people resell games because, you know, they don't have the restrictions on, well, you can transfer the license between one person one time or whatever. Oh, you can, break. The third, yeah, the third, third party reseller will still be around. You can still rent games. So like, you know, a lot of people that I know in university and college can still play games, <laughs> right? which is nice. It, the console just has to authorize, you know, with the digital download, it has to authorize it once and then you're fine. So, um, so you, you know, if you're the, 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 the service person that's on a, a, a boat and takes the Xbox with you, because that's what you do in your quarters when you're not, when you're not on, on active when you're duty, not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then you still get to be able to play the Xbox. Nice. And they, they went from, you know, all of their PR guys going, you know, well, this is built in. It's core functionality. It's built into the hardware. We can't get around this to, yeah, fine. We'll take away all the game sharing stuff and you can just have your discs. You know, it was like, it, it was the same kind of attitude like when, uh, Steve Jobs said, fine, you know what? You have an antenna problems. Here's a bumper. <laughs> I, I think they'll probably wind up changing this policy in the long run. Uh, the, the, it sounded like, you know, uh, the digital stuff is probably the way that they're going to go forward long term on this console, which sounds to be like a five-year um, console now that we get a little bit more information. But what they're wanting to do what 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 the game sharing stuff was was more like you know the 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 
what am I trying to say here? The the game sharing stuff that they had, you know, advertised right away was going to be like, you know, when you have your game, you know, anybody that's been your friend for more than two weeks can play that game. Well, it turns out it's probably more like they could play like a demo version of the game, which kind doesn't of really already. matter. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't really make a difference. So well, and you can kind of see how things like this work as tempting as it is to think, oh, was this huge plan? You know. In reality, probably what happened is is somebody had this cool idea, and by by the time the practicality chunks came out of it, right, yeah, you get down to a point where what's left is just a big pain in the ass, yeah. And then at some point, somebody's smart enough to say, "Yeah, we're not going to do that." The other thought I had when you were mentioning when you were kind of going over this was that, you know, ever since Apple was able to cram FireWire down people's throat, right. Ever since they were able to do that, ever since they were able to cram USB versus the damn drive, you know, it used to be like a laptop without a drive, you know, (laughs) it did. And now you're kind of like, who gives a crap? You know, what the hell do you do with it? You know, you install some software once or twice, in which case, why the hell are you carrying it around with you on a portable device? You know, um, but but yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. Everybody was so hooked on it that, you know, yes, they came along and they got ever since they got away with those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Ever since that, everybody has thought that whatever their dumb damn ideas is, is going to be like that. Right. Because, yeah, I've, I've heard I've seen this. You know what I'm of, saying? Yeah. A lot of play. A lot of these companies now take that perspective of, well, you know, if Steve Jobs could do it, we can tell customers what they want too, Right. Yeah, and, and it's like no, no, you no. really can't. You have to be. I mean, really it was it was right. a fluke that it worked with, as you, with him. As you can for see, as long as it did, he's been wrong too, and he's, he's stepped wrong. on yeah. his dick doing it. You know, exactly. It, he just happened to be, you know, incredibly right once every now and then. And right, that's but enough everyone, to be. All of these other companies have this 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 kind of syndrome of yes. Well, you know, we we can do that too. We're no, we're no different than Apple. And we're, the trick is. He can't even do that most of the time. 90, you know, I'd say 80% of the time he was wrong and, and caused more problem than good. That's just the one time he was right. It was so right that it covered for all of them. And, right. and right. a lot of people tend to forget that. This isn't Apple is better. This is like, this doesn't work for anybody, even him. It was true luck. You well, know? And, and, and you could tell by the ease that, that Sony jumped on this. You know, yeah. like, I love their commercial, oh, yeah. the um, how to share a game. Did you see that? Yes, I'm sorry. It's I about spit like, tea all it's over. Just, it's great. It's just Sony. Good. Here's how to share a game, and one guy passes it to another. Done. Ding. Thanks, <laughs> <Hey>, Station. <laughs> yeah, and oh my God, you guys are. And the fact that they're like, okay, cool. You know, you want to have all those fun features. Ours is a hundred bucks less too. So there are a couple oh. of. <laughs> this right. actually could work out really, really well for for all of us in the end because. Despite the fact that it might be really, it, it, I mean, on one hand, you say when a single console gets to be dominant, it is cheaper for you because you can buy that console and you don't need the other one. Right. But, you know, I, I, we were getting pretty painfully, we were, we were in a position where it didn't look like there was going to be much competition in the next generation. And that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. That's not a good thing. Well, and thing. that allows the market to go flop or uh, to go lopsided, and that's bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think what Microsoft should be doing at this point, I know that they've already done this backpedaling, but they really, they really need to make Connect optional. I wonder. I'm, I'm 
not comfortable hooking it up. Mm. And, you know, I just, I really don't want that, that microphone in my, I mean, I do not want the, the, the 1984 telescreen sitting in my living room all the yeah. time. Yeah. I'm just really not comfortable with that. And I mean, I, a, lo- a lot of public opinion has flared in this direction with all the NSA stuff that's been going on recently. True. Um, telecom, my opinions are my own, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I, I really got to say it on that one. But I just, I've, I've always been that way. Like, I've, I have a connect. I never plugged it in. I really don't like that idea, especially if it's in standby of, you know, you, you can't use the device unless the connect is plugged into it. It'll just say, you know, thanks for, you know, booting up your Xbox. Please plug the rest of it in. It's like, no, I, I'm not going to. The only thing I used the, wanted to use the Connect for in the previous generation on the 360 was Liara Singularity. <laughs> and I didn't do it. I'm like, ah, the hell with it. There's an X. I could press a button and have it do it. You know, I really don't care. I'm. I think that's a good argument, regardless of, of how you feel about privacy or, or what they may or may not do with it. I, I think the idea that most of what you can do with it, as cool as that stuff sounds, it, it, it's not as necessary as it seems. You know, well, I, 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 I can't remember who it was, but it was on uh, Weekend Confirmed. They were talking about this and it's like, I don't care what my heart rate is. And, you know, what my limbs are doing while I'm playing a game. I'm playing a game as an escape from life, not to integrate parts of it. I don't. Well, now, admittedly, if you uh, there are certain types of games, which which, again, admittedly, not the kind that you or I play. Uh huh. But uh, there are games and I think some people do play them and have a really good time with them. Uh, yeah. that, that make good use of that functionality. And in that case, what the hell, you know, but you know what's more exciting than the connect, though? What's that? Is is Xbox Smart Glass? I was playing uh, Forza Horizon the other day, and I'm like, I wonder if this has an Xbox Smart Glass app. And so I load it up, and it has the the map of the entire Forza Horizon, which is like an open world kind of thing. Oh, nice! It has the whole thing there. Here's where you are. Here's where all your points are. And I don't have to bring up the map anymore on the screen. Oh, I can just cool. okay. I want to go to this place, and I tap it on the on the touchpad, and it's like recalculating route. It's like. That's pretty cool. That <laughs> is more. And, and you would think that that would make the Wii U more popular because it comes with a tablet. But no, they're not doing that either. <laughs> they're not doing that kind of integration. Xbox should be focusing on that more than the camera stuff because I, I, I really. Well, I, OK. And the, the other thing that made me kind of waver on my thoughts of purchasing it is. What are the exclusive titles? Like, what what is it that I can't play well, on the PS4? That's it. The Halo series, for me, though, that ended at Reach, because I never played Halo 4. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I think it's too early to know. I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head with this. Is Are you going to buy a, uh, you know, are you going to buy an X-Bone? The, the question is not one you can answer right now. I mean, no. in the end, it really doesn't matter what the damn box does. You're going to buy it based on the killer app. That's how game boxes work. And Yeah, I did not buy the 360 at launch so I could play Perfect Dark Zero. No, no I waited yeah, until I, I was working at a computer store and everybody I knew was playing, what was it? It was that, it was that open driving world game where you were on the island of uh, one of the Hawaii islands. Huh. 
Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was it was like, you know, everyone was playing it. It was kind of like Forza Horizon. You got to unlock cars and cruise around and do races and stuff like that. But everyone was playing it. And I'm like, OK, cool. So everyone playing that. And then shortly after that, my other friends started playing Halo 3 because that came out right then. And, you know, that's what's got me into 360. So I really don't think I don't know. I'm not a day one person. Yeah, I, I thought I wasn't, and then uh, and then Halo Three did it for me. I, I, I that wasn't day one though. Well, it was day three. I, I I wanted it on day one, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Oh, you're right. It was day one for the game. So there you go. Your point is well made. That, I, the day one for Halo. Yeah, that I, was like like six months into the 360. Yeah, totally. You're right. I am just yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. But then again, I mean, we're probably no longer the core demographic no so uh i don't know we'll have to see we're, we're full of get off my lawn all i can time. really say is <laughs> i am glad to see more competition i'm glad to see uh i'm they're glad getting, to see microsoft take a hit with it not because i have anything against them but because they were so overrunning the market that i was you it know was so funny to, i'm not funny but like painful funny to watch Microsoft destroy 10 years of good customer interaction in the course of like two days. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't be it's the like, first. They, you know, they were, you know, they're the online service, you know, the, the Xbox live is the, the, the winner in the, yeah. in the, Oh yeah. In, you know, PS three versus Xbox 360 Xbox live won it for everyone with all the DLC and all the, all the, you know, the, the like Minecraft being a downloadable game and all that kind of stuff, all the communication, all the friend tools, all that stuff meant that that turned out to be the dominant social platform. And then to just watch it kind of just completely erode in the span of two days with that conference and go, really? How could you have been that far off? But it is nice to see that, you know, they're kind of coming around and going, Wow, we we really thought we could tell the market what they wanted, and that's not the case. So let's get what the market wants, and hopefully that means that we're going to have a better console because of it. It is kind of ironic that uh, that Microsoft sort of won the war, at least the battle, um, <laughs> by by the PS3 just stepping in it. You know, building yeah. this hyper expensive box that had high specs that never quite paid off in terms of gameplay. And, and, you know, the only reason people were buying it for the most part, uh, was, you know, was, was as a Blu-ray player and just all this crazy crap. Right. And then to see them turn around and totally do the same thing, you know, and totally yeah, step in like, and say, learn from your competition guys. This is, the, yeah, but you know, I mean, it's all always that way. That, yeah. Always, and all the arguments that were being made was all the same thing. It was, you know, I, I have a funny, uh, a funny little thing I want to throw in here. Okay. Uh, so a long time back, we picked up some ne- Nexus Seven, Nexus Sevens. Mm. Yes, ne- Nexus Seven, Nexi Sevens, and uh, and and they've been great for learning the OS. They're they're awesome low buck test. I stand by that. They're they're very uh, useful low buck tablets. Uh, yep. Far and away better than any other low buck tablet. Tablet anything in the price range, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I do use my iPad way more often. My iPad As Mini. Do I. Uh, but, but, you know, if I only had a couple hundred bucks, I would make, I would use the crap out of that. You oh know? yeah. If, if, if it was a budget thing, I would, and I didn't have an iPad, I would be happy with the set. Again, 900 bucks, 250 bucks, you <laughs> yes. know, the slight not, difference of market. Wow. What do you know? I remember this ad that used to be, it was, I think it was a Volvo ad or something. It was really funny. It was like, um, uh, 
the, the old joke used to go, you know, more trunk space than a Ferrari, you know, a Ferrari 360. And and all these, you know, big, uh, more towing capacity than, you know, some, you know what I'm saying? Like everything was yeah. compared, this totally mismatched comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when they came out with the turbo version of it, it, it wasn't that interesting. But the funny part was, is they, they just showed this uh, car entering the screen and it's like, the closest you can get to a, uh, you know, to a Volvo, whatever turbo, and it was a Ferrari with a trailer behind it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Anyway, bottom line yeah. is, uh, great, great, great piece of gear. But it kind of lays around until I need to figure something out with Android, and I pull it out and play with it, right? And I still use it from time to time as a, a place to, uh, um, uh, to take it i i still use it as kind of a backup to take it places where i would not risk my thousand dollar ipad mini yeah you know so and it fits in a in in a back pocket of jeans too which is a big big plus that's nice isn't it yeah it is so so yeah it goes some places that i wouldn't otherwise that said i think i may have found an awesome application for it i'm not dead sure yet so if anybody has opinions i'd love to hear about it and this is as a car nav entertainment system hmm now, okay. So so the funny thing for me, and I think other people probably are in this sort of situation as well, is that uh, I, I have this little truck that I drive, and it, I bought it specifically because it's cheap. It, it doesn't have a lot of features, and it does have a stereo that sounds pretty okay and plays some MP3 discs and stuff, right? But certainly nothing fancy. No nav system or something. I mean, nav system would cost like a quarter of what the car costs, you know? <laughs> it's just not worth it, you know? It's Yeah, you don't need to do that. I think it was a $2,200 option in the other car. I, I did not pay that much for it. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's like, be serious, you know? Uh, that's not happening. On the other hand, I, I would like that stuff if I didn't have to, like, tie it to a car that I can't possibly install it in or... You know, it would be stupid, right? Yep. So I was playing around with the uh, the Nexus the other day, and of course, there's some great apps for the Nexus for this kind of stuff. And I looked, and sure enough, online, a lot of people are, are actually building these in. I saw a really cool installation. Uh, it was in a Ford of some kind, where essentially they had built a, uh, uh, you know, like custom builders do, they made a, a fiberglass replacement panel for, for one of the panels in the car, right? Yeah. But it was the front radio fascia, the thing that goes over the stock radio, right? So essentially what happens is is that it had a tiny little slot in it so you could just drop the Nexus into it. So it mm. sat kind of half covering the part of the stereo you don't care about. Right. And you could just very easily drop it in there. That's cool. Yeah, and I thought, wow, that's really cool. Now the sad thing is is that I, I don't think it'll quite work for me. Uh, but I did up with duct tape. Well, one of the first thing I did was I went down and kind of held it up there and played with it a little and, and played with some apps and kind of set it up a little like to see if it was even worth thinking about. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is, it totally is the, uh, the, the Google nav app, you know, yeah. is way better than the nav apps in the car. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're not kidding. And on the Nexus, it's a beautiful size and it's awesome. I mean, it's way better, right? Mm-hmm. It does good voice recognition, even in a noisy car. It's it's awesome. It's better than the one in the Honda that was twenty two hundred dollars, right? Hmm. Uh, it's very easy. I, I found some po- great podcast apps, you know, <clears throat> and you can totally you know download and listen to podcasts with it, and and it's the media app in it is awesome yeah, for the car. MP threes at it. And oh it, yeah, it's real nice. Yeah, stuff it full MP threes. You're good to go. And actually, well, and if especially you, if you're in the states, you can do the uh, the play music sync thing, which is nice. Yeah, and if you really wanted to get carried away, remember, you can add storage to an Android device. Like, if you yeah. were just completely, 
like crazy, like I must have a hundred gig of music. And I think that's dumb. Okay. But let's say you did for some reason, far be it for me to tell you what you, what you should do or not. If that turns you on, I mean, quite honestly, you could just very easily plug a USB hub into it and, and plug it into a drive, you know, yeah. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from doing that, you know? So, uh, I think, and there was a lot to figure out yet, but I think this might be a really sweet answer for a guy like me. Uh, I've been looking, and I think I can fabricate a little metal bracket that installs on the top of the radio. So essentially, I can Ford radios on for the, anybody who, who doesn't know this have a little tool that you pop in the front of them, and you can pull them out, right? Right. Uh, and there's a gap around them to make it easy for them to pull out, and I think I can actually attach it to the top of the radio. Uh, with some, and I looked and I, and, and it seems like there's plenty of room in the radio so I could use a fastener to attach it and I could slide it back in there and I have this little thing on there that I can just drop it onto and it'll cover part of the radio again. And it's not going to look super, it's not going to look like one of those million dollar installs, but it'll stay up there Yeah, and you can touch it with, and, and control it without it moving around and crap. And it would be very easy to just take it out of there. Now, of course, I don't have a little built-in dock and everything, so I would need to plug a wire into it. But I'm you thinking... You like, right-angle USB cables for it. Absolutely. And, and I was th- I, I sourced all of it. I'm like, this would be easy. And what would be really sweet about it is I don't need to worry about taking it. Uh, it it's staying with the car, right? Like with the Honda, when I get rid of the Honda, I get rid of the nav system, you know? Yep. And I, I'm I'm at square one again trying to figure out what I'm doing. With this, you keep it. Again, it only costs two or three hundred bucks. You know, you could actually buy one every now and then, and you'd still be ahead of buying any kind of system for the car. I'm wondering if you might be able to take advantage of of the Asus dock that they have for these, because it does have USB power and audio out, I believe. Yes, I saw that, and uh, and it and it goes through the little four pin USB uh, um, contact that's on the side of it that's not usually used for anything. Yeah, I, I've been looking. What, of course, what would be great would be to find a connector. You know. Yeah, uh, that would take care of it. And of course, the next thing you could do is just and and Sean and I have done this sort of thing before. Is you just buy the the dock and cut it up, you know? Yeah, just fabricate it into whatever you're. Yeah, building. and if yeah. you you could even cut everything but the plug off it, you know, and have ha- have a good <laughs> yeah. old time with it. But but yeah, and again, lots of problems left to solve before it's usable. That sounds like a good track that you're on, though. That. That's something that would definitely be uh, yeah. And, that would work. And remember, you could pull it off and stick it in the glove box or something too. If you park somewhere and don't want it to be yep. visible, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking it might be a good idea. So we'll see, we'll see more as I go awesome. down. If you anybody has ideas or thoughts about that, love to hear. Mm-hmm. What else would you like to cover in this excessively long? <laughs> well, we're making up for lost time here. Yeah, uh, there's a couple. Um, Let's see here. We should probably talk about the the start button. The Windows 8 Blue or 8.1 or whatever you want to call it uh, update, which, by the way, one quick note. If you see that the the release preview is available, remember, when you're putting on the Blue release preview, if you install it, you will have to reinstall Windows when the release comes out. Yeah. Um, you can upgrade from Windows 8 to 8.1 Blue. But you can't upgrade from 8.1 Blue Release Preview or whatever they're calling it to the final version. So just keep that in mind. But the it will be bringing back the start button to the desktop. Uh, by the way, you'll be able to boot to the desktop, which is you know something I'll like. 
Um, but what's cool is when you hit the start button, you'll be able to either have it, you know, right now, if you put your ma- I'm running Windows 8 on my uh, quad core right now. Right. And when you put your mouse in the bottom left hand corner, there is a little start overlay that pops up and that takes you back to the start screen, which is all right. But, you know, it's like you have to wait for the pop up and then whatever. So having that button there is going to be nice. But you can program that button to instead take you to the all apps list. Which means that, in, ah. you know, because there's no start menu, if you want to find a program that's not on your taskbar and not on your on your start on your start screen, you have to go to the start screen, right click on the start screen, click on all apps, and then you have a list of all the apps that are installed. So you can program that start button to instead take you to all apps, which I think is great because that'll be you know an easy way to get to you know. A program that you say only use once every month or something like that and don't want on the taskbar. Um, you know, like a CPU analyzer or something like that. Um, so a lot of improvements. Basically, this update will be a free update as far as I can tell. And it will just kind of clean up all these little gripes that people have been having about Windows 8. So I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> well, that sounds that sounds... Wonderful. It's like it fix being able to boot to desktop and having a start button there that does something useful are like the two biggest gripes and and the main reasons why a lot of people don't want to use this. What is otherwise actually a pretty decent product. I've been using Windows 8 for a month now and I'm, you know, I'm, I really don't notice a difference between Windows 7. I mean, I didn't use start menu before anyway, right? I only used it to access those apps. I only access, you know, once a month, and if I can get to there from a single click, then I don't really care. Yeah, and and that's it. You know, I kind of suspected that that was going to be. Is, this is a classic case of another company going no, 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 no. Actually, the same company. Sorry, by the way, Microsoft is still Microsoft. Going no, no, no. We know what you want. We're going to tell you. Like, you're like, no, you're like no, really? really, really don't. So it's it's funny. Microsoft is. Uh, Doing a 180 on Win 8.1, too. That's funny. <laughs> wow. Uh, I did see, though, um, one thing that they did do is the Xbox Gold subscriptions uh-huh. on the 360, at least until the launch um, of the Xbox One. They're giving out two free games a month. Really? Yeah, like Assassin's Creed 2 and... I think it was one of the Dragon Ages or something like that that they were giving out, or Fable 3, I think it was, that they're giving out for free on Xbox Live if you have a gold subscription. So that's something to check out. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm still pretty, I, I hope I don't completely go down the toilet with my 360. I did have a bad 360 experience the other day. It's, oh, yeah? ne- it's never been super stable internet connection-wise. Like right. any chunk in your connection at all, and it's just toast. Yeah. And I had been using it pretty heavily for, I had found a new use for it. I haven't been, I haven't been gaming much lately. I haven't had time. Uh, but I have spent a lot of time on a bike trainer, right? Right. So I'd been watching things on YouTube, which made it nice and easy with that relatively new 360 that's in there, and it's all wired up pretty and everything. I thought, oh, I'll fire that up and use it. And, of course, now they have the great thing where you can register the app and on the phone and you can send stuff from the phone to it. You're not actually sending. You're just telling it what to do, right? And then it plays and keeps them in sync. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so I was doing that, and, and it would crap out after 30 or 40 minutes. Of course, 
then you get to ride a trainer for 15 minutes staring at, you know, a swirling thing. <laughs> Damn it. Which sucks balls, let me just point out. So uh, not good at distracting you from how much what you're doing sucks. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty frustrating. I, I spent about two weeks on it before I finally gave up and got mad at it being so unstable and went back to using the computer. But hmm. I thought I had found an awesome 360 use. Wish I, mean, I had better news. Theoretically, that would be a great uh, like use case scenario, but you know, if, if it, it doesn't worked. work, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not an applicable use case scenario. So. Yeah, there's so, that. Damn it. Well, fine. So, the one other that I, I definitely feel like we have to cover is the uh, the the awesome ET recall. Uh, the, 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 the callback, I guess I should say the Atari cartridge fiasco. Yeah. Now I, I saw this piece too, um, which is that essentially there is a, uh, a Canadian group that is going to do, wants to do a documentary. And the trick is that they went to the trouble of going to this, uh, New Mexico town where supposedly they're buried in the land for, for for the like two people in the world who have not heard about this right it's that uh the when the et game came out the et movie was so incredibly popular they created this atari game for this would have been a 2600 game that's correct and the et game came out and it was just so incredibly bad oh yeah yeah we got to talk about that totally we did a whole gd i know that's what i was gonna say we got to talk about that but but to keep it in order here so so the funny thing is uh so i theoretically they took all these these cartridges sold so poorly there were so many returns there was so much blah 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 it's not entirely clear exactly what happened but there were apparently they they had ordered millions of them uh the game was just a dog and instead, none of them sold, and they ended up dumping them in this, supposedly, in this landfill in uh, New Mexico. And then there's a kind of a follow-up later that, that believes that uh, if they, that there were some kids finding stuff from them, and they caused some chemical problems, so they actually poured concrete on top of it to get rid of it. I'm not so sure that rings true. Uh, as the article that you found and, and many others have said, Snopes does, in fact, uh, consider the case to be true some of the developers disagree uh bottom line here is that there's a canadian documentary group uh that is going to go out and has secured rights to go out and and dig and try to find them and excavate them and they're going to try i think supposedly and this is going to be awesome whether they find them or not you know whether we have one of those Either way, uh, it's going to make for a good documentary. rivera moments where we have the big reveal and there's nothing there you know <laughs> Uh, uh, it's just another layer of diapers. Damn it. No, it, it, it's still fun. And and as as Juan pointed out here, uh, we had a lot of fun with this, and we should go find that and link it to everybody, because that's actually one of my... GWC episode number 236. If you type in 236 into uh, our website, you'll be able to find the episode. That is one of my favorite segments that we ever did. There were two segments, and in fact, this is very much... Kind of September 11th, 2010. This is, in fact, one of the reasons that we're retooling GWC is that I feel like we, we had so much more fun producing these cool segments and things than we did. Just, I love doing that segment. Oh, God. <laughs> we're going to do stuff like that again. That one I'm that one and the one about uh, the one where we talked to the Sagan family, those are my favorite mm, of all time. Yes. Those two. 
I feel like that is what GWC is supposed to be, you know? GWC episode number 193, interview with Andrea oh, yeah, and Dick Sagan. That was wonderful. I'm proud of that one. And oh, yeah. So, so the way this worked out is that uh, Audra and Juan and I had been playing uh, on, a, on an emulator. I uh, had been playing a variety of old, uh, <clears throat> very old Nintendo and, and uh, uh, 2600 games and the sort. And uh, actually, Genesis games. You remember the Star Trek Genesis game? We were I love that game. That. I have that game physically. <laughs> yeah, I have a copy of it, too. We found one at a, at a used place, and I picked it up just, just because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, because we had had so much fun playing it on the emulator. I don't yeah. know what the hell I'll do with it. I Actually, I have a Genesis. But <laughs> anyway, so we had been playing all these, and we thought, you know, we should try out that E.T. game because Audra, as a kid, claims that she beat the E.T. game, which is a big deal. Not because it's necessarily a gaming feat. It's a patience feat. Right. You know, and she remembered a lot more detail about the game than what was actually seeming to be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we, we fired it up, and, uh, and and hence the joke that tick-a-tick-a-tick-a-tick-a-tick-a-tick-a-tick-a-tick-a-tick-a. It's like E.T. moving around, yeah. It is. It's the sound of it. And essentially, there's that sound, and then there's boo, which is falling in a hole, which happens often. And then there's a wah 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 coming out of the hole. Yep. And that's pretty much it. So we, <laughs> That's the whole game. We were watching honestly. her, and we thought, man, we really need to make... So we made a segment out of it. We actually recorded some of the sound of the game and, and her, her playing it with us, talking about it, and us talking about her experiences with it, and it was really fun. So I have no reason to doubt that uh, with that kind of fertile ground where we were able to have fun with it, with audio only, you know, come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine that they can't make a fun documentary, whether they actually find them or not. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what it what 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 turns up with there. We should probably wrap up at some. See, this is three times as long as our normal, but uh, burn through a, you know like a month's worth of stories. I think our last episode good. was late May. It's so good. it's good. Yeah, we've been busy. We've been trying to you know figure stuff out and everything. Exactly. But anything you want to add in wrapping up? Uh, just a quick reference. I know we didn't really talk too much about the NSA stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I basically believe that's because we, there are many other people that have done a much better job oh, yeah. covering that, that than we could possibly. Modern One Geek, in particular, not if the Washington Post. Anyway, <laughs> funny that uh, if if you're looking for my more technical breakdown than what's seemingly in the mainstream news about what this is actually doing. Um, I would refer you to, over to Twit's uh, Security Now. Oh, hell yeah. In particular, uh, episode number 408, 408, called The State of Surveillance, where Steve Gibson talks about it and why it's actually even called PRISM. It's basically what they're doing is near each company, the NSA is splitting all the network traffic into two and storing their copy of it and using that to build their own set of data on the internet so i don't want to go too much into the explanation because i'll get it dead wrong but uh episode number 408 uh twit.tv it's definitely one of one of my favorite episodes uh to have listened to in recent memory that is really awesome and there's a lot of neat stuff going around with that in terms of of the technology a little scary uh, yeah I'm I'm looking at some of these more uh, open source cloud solutions for some of my stuff at this point. But you know uh, what's funny? I I agree completely, but not for the security reasons. Like uh, I'm I'm just for the. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just for the like. By the way, Google Reader went away three days ago, and I'd like to be able to use 
my own solutions longer than when a company tells me they're gone. Exactly. And that's it. You know, for, for stuff that can be throwaway, like our show notes here, the way we handle them, uh, yeah. we could move it to another solution so easily. I don't care. We'll stay there till it goes away, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but but in a lot of cases, I just keep finding myself thinking more and more often that it, it's not as much like with Dropbox. Yes, there are security issues with Dropbox. That worries me far less with considering what I'm actually putting in Dropbox. Yeah. Then, then the fact that I can't use it in certain ways that I'd really like to be able to use it, you know? Right. And uh, there are solutions I could apply that if I could tweak it just a little and, and with these self-hosted solutions, you know, we can't. Well, I think ultimately that's what's going to happen is that the this whole scare, as it were, is going to kick these more um, open source solutions into getting their feature set you know, yeah. usable in a, in a consumer fashion, the way we'd like to for some things like Dropbox and Evernote and Google Docs, you know, because you need the there's focus. alternates, but, you know, it would be nice to. And yeah. if that fear, whether it actually changes, whether whether that really changes the fact that they can get the data off of it too, uh, it, it what it does is refocus people and provide an additional incentive to build out those solutions. I agree completely. Well, and and the other the other the other result is that once services like Google Reader and whatever go away, then it's it's it yeah. winds up being time to make the jump to those services, and then you get used to them, and then you don't need these big services anymore. So you know, I'm I'm using uh, Tiny Tiny RSS, which was that server based one that uh, I got laughed at for trying to use, but it, it I'd spent some time, figured out how the plugins work, and now it it does you know exactly what i need it to hey so. speaking of and i should probably be doing this off air but what the hell people would want to see it too uh there is an app called mr reader have you seen it mr reader mr reader yeah it's it's horrible marketing but uh but the app looks pretty cool the the problem okay. i have is that uh with the fever integration it's crashing I suspect uh i've been guinea pigging and just spending some cash on some of these apps to see if i can yeah. find something and I think the problem might lie with plug, or, or you know, we may need to look at the most recent whether we're on the most recent Fever plugin. Oh yeah, we there might be an API update. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. Yeah, because if it is, I can check out this app and then pass that on. Because Reader mm-hmm. on the iPhone works great with it. I, I yep. you're absolutely right. It's like you don't even know once you've switched it over, you're good to go. Um, the uh, the iPad app is not updated yet, I, nor is the desktop app for Reader. When they do, that'll probably be exactly what I'll use. It'll probably be never. I mean, it's been a year since they updated their iPad Reader app. <laughs> Actually, I think I figured that out. Did you go look at the site? No, no. I, I did. got angry without <laughs> doing any further research. <laughs> yeah, me too. And then eventually, since you were doing other things, I went and looked. I'm like, <clears throat> I tried to do the, wow, Juan's doing all the work here. I think I'm going to go do something else, you know? Yeah, excuse me for coughing, but I uh, I went and looked, and I think what's been happening is is that he's been working on. I say he, I don't know, it could be a woman. He, uh, the person who is building it, are, is actually working on building an app that is similar to the iPhone app. You right. know, the iPhone app has had a lot of upgrades. I love the iPhone app. Oh yeah, and and I think those features are critical on the iPad, and I think it's just a different app. It's not like the same. It, they're not really upgrades. He recoded it at some point. And I think what 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 he's doing is is trying to build that framework and has been and it just wasn't ready yet when this happened. Mm, so yeah. I suspect the minute that new and in fact the reason I say this is because on the on the site it talks about it. It says, "Hey, the iPhone app is out. It's no problem. Just make sure you have this version." Um, but 
the iPad app and the others are not yet because I feel like it would be better for me to focus on the new app than it would be to go back and build the old one in building compatibility. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I agree with that. I'm, I'm fine waiting for a while. As long as you give me that iPhone version. Right. If he's been working (laughs) on this for a while, let's just get that pushed out. And then he can, if it puts also puts him in a better position to, you know, update these with newer services and that kind of thing, then yeah, I'm, I'm willing to wait a little while. And in the meantime, the tiny, tiny RSS web interface does work well on the iPad. I can't unread an, uh, because you need a right click to unread an item. But other than that, I mean, it's just whatever works fine. I don't really care. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, if you would take a look and see if we're on the la- if, if we're on the latest, uh, I'll check latest. That out. If we if it works with it, it looks really sharp, and it looks like it it has all of the various sharing you know infrastructure that we're used to. It looks like the next best thing to reader, and if it is, uh, I think it's five bucks. It would be worth it. So yeah, uh, I I went ahead and took the dive. So if I can make it work, I'll let you know. And otherwise, you can save your five bucks. Yeah, no, I'll take <laughs> take a look there. I bought another one as well and tried it, but it was a piece of crap. So it does not get <laughs> and a the, message. The, the tiny, tiny RSS iPad and iPhone apps are garbage. Yeah, I didn't even bother. I looked at them yeah. and I was like, no. <laughs> Pass. It, they're not even qualifying for like Web.8 style apps. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no. Yeah, the funny thing, too, was I like saved all of my stuff and then I realized, wow, I really need to clean this feed up. I'm not sure how valuable this was. It might have been better if I got boned. <laughs> not so quite. You, like, add, you add all your imports of all your feeds and then you like unsubscribe from three quarters. Half of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was funny and I'm still doing it. But oh, it, damn it. you know how it is. I mean, you read something and then eventually you're just kind of like, eh. but yeah. you're lazy and don't turn it off and you just mark it red all the time. Yeah, I, I went through about three or four installs of it before I uh, before I wind up wind up on the final version. So I, I managed to pare down my feeds pretty pretty well, but you know it's I've kind it's of fallen to- into old habits though. Like I find myself when I want to read when I want to see every item in a feed, I yep. use Reader. When I when I I don't care and I just want to be entertained. Like I don't know when you get up in the morning and you're sitting at the table having breakfast and coffee, right? And you're you don't want to scan for content. You want to like dick around, right? Yeah, that's I still use Flipboard for that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, for that kind of just give me some content. Yeah, entertain me. <laughs> <laughs> entertain me. I just I use Flipboard, and uh, hopefully Flipboard will eventually connect to uh, to to something like what we're using as well, but. If not, I'll live. Mm-hmm. Hey, th- speaking of, I'm um, stretching this even longer. <laughs> the, uh, the the penultimate ending. <laughs> well, you never know when we'll have time again. So, you know, you go. <laughs> I I, uh, I feel like it's worth mentioning that uh, Flipboard came out with that magazine feature. And I kind of thought, uh, I don't know, you know. Yeah, I, I definitively poo-pooed it. But, uh, yeah, well, I think we were wrong. Uh, I yeah. am seeing some cool stuff with it. I agree. <laughs> I am seeing cool use of it. I mean, certainly in, in the format that Flipboard presents the information. Yes, yes. It actually makes sense to have a bit of curation in there. That's what we missed. Yeah, that's and, what we missed was we didn't think of it in the Flipboard framework. We thought right. of it in, in the, the reader framework. framework. When you have just oh, I'll just take this feed, this feed, this feed, and this feed because I know where they're coming from. Then you wind up with a lot of duplicate entries, and it's like. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of crap. You're still filtering through crap, and then when you start to look more and more at these magazines that are popping up, it's like, 
Ah, damn it, they're right. <laughs> and also, I mean, they're really cool, which which is, again, as you said, one of the things I use Flipboard for. I, I They're really great places for finding new sources that you never thought of. Right, and I think that's what i got to use Flipboard a little bit more for, because RSS readers are good for, you know, just I want to keep track of certain things on the Internet. But it's yes. not really a good way of discovering anything. And yes. I think that's where the Flipboard comes in. It's like when... And then, you know, if you find something like, oh, I keep coming across articles from X site and I want to keep track of everything that comes out from that, I can subscribe to that. I can throw in my RSS reader. But yeah, Flipboard is definitely becoming my way of finding things on the Internet that I wouldn't go out and explicitly search for. Yeah, agreed. And and for what it's worth, what I've pretty much done with Flipboard, even though it did pull in my Google Reader stuff. Thank you. I thought mm. that was nice. You know, it just did it. Yeah. Um, I, I actually removed them. And yeah, me too. I just yep. don't even bother. What I do now is I, I use their channels and I, I subscribe to some of the magazines and curated sources. And I flip through and just get enjoyment out of that when I find something cool. Like you mentioned, I, I add it to a feed. So I I like Flipboard. I'm 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 a fan. It's a it, again, I never considered. We I, I'm willing to say I was wrong. You know, it it just comes down to when you want to be entertained. On the airplane. You know, that was another good one. Yeah. In the well, airport, you know. You know, every so often, you kind of got to give yourself a kick in the pants for your own. Uh, in terms you know, of seeing new things? Well, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's what is my process and how can I keep that working even though yes. stuff's going away versus, well, maybe some of this process could change for the better. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, instead of how do I duplicate that old process exactly so I don't get affected by it, Sometimes it's good to be like, maybe I should look at my process. Yeah, maybe I'm the one that should be getting off my own lawn. <laughs> yeah, on the other hand, I, I just want to be complete, completely clear. Something that I think both of you, you and I agree on is that the idea of no need for something like Google Reader, BS. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm i using TTRSS yes. every day. Yes, I, me too. Especially since yeah. I'm cleaning it out. So <laughs> You have to, otherwise it gets out of control. <laughs> well, this has been absolutely a lot of fun. I've had a blast with this thing. Thanks for everyone for putting up with the jumbo episode. If you'd like, you could have paused, you know, at yes. each 30 minute mark and pretended <laughs> these were three separate episodes to, to tide you over while we, uh, while we went through our scheduling hell there. But, uh, no, we'll keep trying to put out episodes of Modern Geek, and and uh, in the meantime, we're definitely more GWC content coming. Uh, just, I, I think, much more fun for you and us and the way we're going to approach it. So just some technical hurdles to jump in the meantime, but we've been jumping technical hurdles for six years now. So, Yeah, we, we've got that process now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. We may trip over a few, but, you know, generally the, it averages out. Hell yes. So uh, any, any last words? For this episode. No, because we'll just start another 45-minute discussion. I think we're all good for today. <laughs> we'll see you soon. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum at galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. 
To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.